on this episode of Building Men, healing the shame that binds you through mindset and movement, an interview with Ian DeMello. Welcome to the Building Men Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Meralda. Welcome to the Building Men Podcast. Building Men is geared toward helping you become the strongest version of yourself, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Today, I am joined by none other than Ian DeMello. Ian is the, um, the founder of Catalyst Creator. He is a mindset and movement coach. He's an MC. He's a motivational speaker. He's a badass dancer. Um, he's from Perth, Australia. So uh, Ian and I connected over the last uh, maybe week or so. And I just met him today. Ian, Ian, today is the first time that we met each other. So welcome to the Building Men Podcast, brother. I'm so happy for you to be here. Man, I am super stoked to be here as well. So thank you for reaching out. Thanks for connecting. Let's go, bro. Absolutely. So you're in Perth, Australia. So I'm in um, the, on the East Coast of New Jersey, and I'm just the time stamp. Yeah. For, it's like it's like May 18th in Perth right now, right? You're like a month and a half <laughs> ahead of us, or something. I'm, I was, we were trying to figure out the time frame. So it's night. Yeah. You know? it's, okay. Yeah. It's it's 9:18 p.m. right now. Okay. So give us yeah. a little bit. So I was after we introduced uh, we were introduced to one another. I follow yeah. along with everything you're doing, and you have this really interesting story. Um, about your your identity, your background, how you kind of came to where you are right now. So just give us a little bit of information about kind of where you started and how you got to to this spot where you are now as this, you know, mindset and movement mo- coach and motivational speaker. Yeah, man, dope. Um, shizzle. So my parents came here. I was born and raised in Perth, Australia. They are originally from Singapore. So I'm Eurasian. So I'm a mix of Portuguese and Asian. That's what it means. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess, my identity, you know, my racial profile. Um, in regards to me as a dancer, my, f- my family home was like the party house. You know, we held my cousin's parties or birthdays at our house. And there was always music playing. There was always dancing. So I always enjoyed, you know, funk, disco, soul, jazz. My dad used to listen to, my mom used to listen to, um, you know, bread and simply red and all that stuff. So, you know, a mixture of things. And I just loved music. And then, you know, listening to music, it led me to dancing, which was the funk era and stuff like that. And then, My older brother, yeah, my older brother, he was listening to hip hop and I found hip hop at around the age of 10. And I was just like, I was just blown away by the rawness of it and how, I don't know, it just had this energy that really resonated with me. And, you know, at the time it was compilation CDs. So like mixtapes, but like the actual CDs, bro, like the compact discs. Um, my cousin was a DJ. So he used to actually scratch and everything. And he used to make these compilations and he gave one to me when I was like 10. And that was my first thing. I was like, ah, oh, it was like the Holy Grail, you know? Yeah. So put it together. Um, I heard my brother play some stuff and I was just blown away. So moving forward, I just fell in love with hip hop, ended up finding out that there were dances to hip hop. I was like, what is this going on here? It's like a whole culture, you know, Um, graffiti, music, DJing, emceeing, the b-boying. So I got into dancing. At that time, too, I was or even before that, I was listening to Michael Jackson and I always saw him dance and I was just like, dumbfounded by how amazing he was right um as an entertainer and i used to just try and copy his stuff so that's what got me into dancing my parents always had the groove my brother used to dance to an mj and then fast forward again i got into you know i feel like a lot of teenagers go through this phase of like just being you know wanting to be hard and like that gangster, you know? So I used to dress up super baggy clothes, even freaking do rags and just copy, you know? Um, and that's when I got into crip walking. 
and freestyling. So my brother used to teach me how to moonwalk, how to glide. And then it went into freestyle movement. And then from freestyle movement, I found, I found crump dancing when I was 15. Um, my sister came home one day and she was just like, yo, you got to watch this documentary. And it was Rise. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's the rawest shit you'll ever see in your life. Um, and that's what captivated me again. Was the same age, like young kids, 15, 16, 17, just like going hard at this crump thing. And I was just blown away by how much expression was there. And at the time, my parents were going through, you know, their little hardship and they ended up, you know, splitting. And that obviously had a major effect on me. And I'm still working through how deep that is. And yeah, man, Crump was the thing that held me, that supported me, that helped me speak a language that I didn't know how to vocally, to how to vocalize. And, and so how, how would you describe for so for the listeners to be able to understand what crump is? It was something I wasn't quite sure. I had to watch a couple of your videos, and yeah. I, and I say this with all due respect and and, yeah. and gracious. Like I thought of like the the scarecrow from like um, Wizard of Oz, kind of the like where the way that he moves. It's like there's not bones in his body. It's like this <laughs> like gumby kind of movement i was like i don't understand how a human being can move in this way right, as I watch right, you. Right. and i'm thinking like should if i tried that i i mean i would be on the couch for four days straight with bags <laughs> of ice <laughs> you know what i mean a ton of motrin it hurt yeah. me watching it but i was like so inspired mm -hmm. by the movement so explain to us a little bit what like how would yeah. you um explain crump dancing in, in a couple sentences yeah for sure bro so just real quick touching on you like speaking of the scarecrow there's yeah. an actual dance move that's called the scarecrow in in hip-hop like i'm pretty sure it's a style is that right or is it a move it's a move yeah okay um and yeah so going back to your actual question about what crump actually is for the people that are listening oh there's so many definitions the one that i really resonate with not necessarily on like what it is as a, as a physical thing, right? But as a modality of connection to oneself and the energy that we are around us, you know, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, God, universe, whatever, is it's raw emotion expressed passionately. That's what Crump is. And maybe it is like crump is also a style of movement, right? It is a style of dance, but that's the, like what I just explained is the essence of what crump is. Yeah. So it's, as you said that I kind of thought of, for me, before I, before I train, you know, I'll put on music, I have my headphones on, I'm kind of by myself. I kind of get in this zone. And before I start, I'm like, I kind of put myself up a little bit. So there's some kind of movement in there. I think if people saw me go through this little routine, I mean, I, I could probably sell tickets as like a comedy, you know, show for people <laughs> to actually see the shit that I'm, that I'm doing as I kind of get myself like pumped up, ready to train, but it, it kind of motivates me. And it's this thing that this, you, you said raw emotion expressed passionately. I, mm -hmm. that's part of what I'm doing. I don't, I'm not doing the same right. thing that, that you're doing, obviously, but it gets me into this mindset where like, it's this like raw kind of, you know, guttural, like, feel where I'm like, all right, I can fucking do whatever's in front of me right now. And so that's yeah. what I'm kind of hearing a little bit, you know, that's kind of the, like, the larger um, philosophical view behind what Crump is. And then there's more of like, you know, more of a ta tactic dance um, move that goes along with it, correct? Yeah, totally. It's, it's a, uh, Crump is its own entity. Like, it really is. And um, there's a whole culture behind it. You know, like another dope, like we've been, me and my partner, cause she dances too, and she's a crump dancer too. And we always have these conversations about what crump actually is. And I was speaking to 
a friend who, you know, who's gone through Landmark, who's gone through Tony Robbins and stuff. And he was speaking about, you know, being at a Tony Robbins um, seminar and feeling all the energy and, you know, how there was an exercise that he had to do, which was like closing your eyes. And then everyone in the room, like thousands of people just close their eyes. And Tony Robbins is just saying to him, like, you're a piece of shit. And he's just like going really deep with them, right? Like that was his process. And when we finished the dinner, me and my partner, my partner said, Crump is literally that as well. Like we have things in Crump that will break you down. Like we go into a battle, for example, um, or a cage, that's what it's called in Crump to break people down, break so that they can break through their barrier, their limiting beliefs of, you know, how hard they can go, how creative they can be, how much they can push, like emotionally, spiritually, like everything is in crump that, you know, these gurus like the, you know, how there's new age spirituality and they do all the rituals, the cacao ceremonies, all that shit. We've been doing it you know, like through Crump and it's like a subconscious thing. So for me, it's like connecting movement in a way that not just Crump, just movement in general, like that raw shit. I love rawness, you know, allowing, like facilitating that space for men because we need that man. You know, like for you, like you need to get into that mode, yeah. right? And I know that you can tap in just like that to whatever energy that is, you know? And it's important that we find that for ourselves. So I think, I would think that one of your biggest challenges would be, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of putting myself into a position where, all right, so say I'm working with you. There's all these like hangups that men have. I mean, some people are totally comfortable just getting out on the dance floor and doing whatever, but people are so worried about how they're perceived by other people. So you get in your right. own way, you, you set up this kind of shield or this block or this barricade. Mm -hmm. You're not able to fully experience a lot of shit in your life because people are worried about how they're judged by other people. I know I lived in that space for such a long time where mm -hmm. I based my identity around how I thought other people saw me. And I was yeah. living in this like space. I was like, what the fuck was I doing for such a long time? <laughs> Who am I? I was finally looking in the mirror like, all right, what are you about? What are you, what yeah. are you about right now? And so yeah. I think about that. And I also think about like, it just brought me back to like being in middle school, you know, when mm -hmm. there's like the dancing going on in the middle and you're, the boys are kind of standing against the wall with their arms crossed. Like, uh, yeah. listen, MC Hammer, you can't touch this is on. I could probably get out there and do the running man. You know, <laughs> maybe I, that was probably the only dance I could do really like that yeah, I could, yeah. could do with any kind of fidelity was the running man when I was in middle school. Right. But, That's um, a dope move, bro. It's everybody <laughs> still does it now, man. Maybe I can bring it back one day. <laughs> yeah, man. So the, yeah, I, I, would, I would assume that that would be part of it not only is it teaching the, um, you know, like connecting to that universal kind of component out there, the mm -hmm. physical part of it, but then also this shedding of your shit is probably a big part of what you're doing when you're working with people. Yeah, it's huge. And I think it's, it's challenging to market it like that because it's intimidating as shit. Yeah. Like people see crump and even hear the word crump and they're like, mm -mm, nope. No crumb for me. Thank you. It's too hard. It's too this, too that. And my, what I'm, what I'm doing with like my TikToks and what I'm going to continue doing is breaking down crump so that, and the movement of it, right? So that it's simple. It's understandable. You actually can see physically what I'm doing when I dance, you know, because for me, there's a difference between a mover and a dancer, especially when it comes to style. Right. Right. Um, and the more people become aware of anything of themselves, of their thoughts, their feelings, that's when there's understanding. That's when healing can happen and all the things. So, yeah, for me, just connecting the dots and being there for 
men and women to just be like, yo, damn, I can, I feel like I can crump right now. I'm going to try it in my own space, in my own time and just be like, damn, this feels good. You know, that's, that's my goal. And then from there, you know, slowly bring in the peoples that will actually, that are ready to, you know, openly work with me and just explore their being and become real dancers. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I believe that everything and yeah, everything and anything is dancing, like an atom vibrates. And to me, that's dancing, you know? So, and it's a, it's an awesome tool to, you know, tap into different parts of yourself emotionally and even what you want to be your past self, like, bro, there's so much, man. Yeah. And just so much. your conversation, I've learned so much. I'm almost thinking too about being able to, once you can step outside of that comfort zone that you're living in, I, I honestly believe that a lot of, most of the, the positive things that are happening in our lives are when we, we finally take that risk to step even just a little bit outside of our comfort zone. And when we, when we yeah. realize, shit, that didn't kill me. Then you're okay to take <laughs> another little step outside of your comfort zone until you're pro- finally ready to take the big leap outside of the comfort zone. So I'm, I'm almost thinking right. once people start this and they kind of can get into this space where, you know what, I can kind of just let go. I'm sure people go through this and there's probably like an emotional release for a lot of people. I'm kind of thinking about going through this myself. Like if I were to do something like this, just the, like the shit that I've been carrying for so long when you could just like release that shit in a physical kind of way, there's probably some crying that goes along with it when people do it, like a lot of like just outpour of emotion. So much bro. Like if I can send you some links later, um, just of how rowdy is the word for me. Um, Crump dancing is. The culture is like, if you watch our footage or you don't watch it and I'm watching it, it's just like, wow, and there's, there's so much noise going on, you know? And you're like, what the heck is going on here? And it's just the hype. That's what we call it. It's the support network that's around you to get you to the place of bliss of like that actual freedom. And like, sometimes you'll see someone pushing so much in, in their round, in their dance round that you have to be there for that person, you know? Um, and yeah, going back to your point about the so much emotions being moved around a hundred percent, bro, a hundred percent. Like we just like, you know, ancient tribes use dance for war, healing, um, weather, death, life, all of that. We do the same thing. Like one of my homies, rest in love to him, passed away two weeks ago, I think, about 10 days ago um, from New Zealand. And what we do is use like we show our emotion and our thing through crump dance. Like, yeah, you can do that with every other dance, but there's just something about crump that makes people go, Ugh, I feel that so much. Like I feel all of you in it yeah. because you have to be a hundred percent vulnerable in it. Well, work your way up to that, you know, because everything's a journey. And even for me, I've been doing this since I was 15 there's always more, right? That's just human nature. There's always more to grow and be and do all that. Um, but yeah, man, I've, I personally have made people vomit, cry, scream, shout, like you yeah. name it. <laughs> needs to be on your business card. That needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, it's all in the name of love, bro. It's Absolutely. for real all in the name of love, man. Well, here's the thing that I've learned too, is that I think people want to be pushed and they want to be challenged and they want someone to hold them accountable. It's just, yeah. you know, the first step is like asking for that help or like really first yeah. reaching out. There's probably a million people that are taking a look at what you're doing and are just kind of hanging back a little bit. Like they just need yeah. that little boost of confidence to be able to get to that point. You mentioned the word vulnerability. And I think that was so interesting. My journey in building men from the time that I started until now, I realized was to really define what masculinity is. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, 
part of my own definition has to do with this balancing act that we have to do. Like there needs to be a level of vulnerability balanced mm-hmm. by this level of strength and assertiveness and confidence, but they have to kind of balance each other out. You can't be this like cocky asshole and you can't yeah. be this like kind of, you know, like where you just kind of cower in the corner, but you have to be able to right. show your emotion, but do it in a really right. an, an authentic way. So if I were to ask you to kind of, you know, if you were to, you know, sum up your thoughts around masculinity, especially based on your journey that you've gone on and how you've seen how the movement piece works, you know, as far as, you know, men are concerned, how would you define masculinity? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big question, right? It's a, and I'm trying, it's, still it's trying to define it every day. It's a huge question, bro. It's a huge question because um, even recently I've just been, it's really been in my space. So and reason being because I'm more of a, um, I have more feminine energy, energetics, energetics to my being than I do masculine. And it's but, a balance, right? It, and that's, that's what I've learned too. There's definitely this yin and the yang that happens within all of us. All of us have masculine and feminine energy. Yeah. A hundred percent, bro. Um, what keeps me in my masculine is structure training you know feel just feeling that like strength basically that stability you know like yeah i can hold myself type thing um but what masculinity is to me i would say that it is power strength and transparency that's what i think masculinity is to put it as like i can obviously extend the answer but in three words that's what i think masculinity is um and transparency is extremely important in masculinity because that's sort of the gateway to the feminine the gateway to the emotional feeling you know what i mean I love that. And what, what you just inspired me to do is the, the question I'm going to ask every single guest moving forward is define masculinity in three to five words, because I, that's really challenging. It's, I, I yeah. talk about it forever, but to be able to do it in a really right. succinct way, yeah. uh, where it gets you thinking about it a little bit. So that'll be yeah. part of every, you know, every time I interview someone. Oh yeah, bro. That's dope. It'll be part of it. So thank you. For that's that. dope. And I, I, as you were talking about <laughs> as you kind of got into Crump and what it, what it looks like, sounds like, feels like I'm also mm-hmm. interested in that. You really painted a picture where I kind of felt like I was able to experience it with you or go along this journey. But one thing that kind of stuck in my head was you mentioned like getting in the cage or, or something like that. And I'm like, I'm picturing like a movie, like pitch perfect or like bring it on or like where there's like this like <laughs> hardcore dance battle, like the cage closes and there's like your enemy is across from you. And you're like, or like Eminem and Eight Mile, where you're like having this rap yeah. battle with someone. That's it what it, that's what I picture. Bro, it's pretty much that. So a cage is like, so imagine you on the street, a car park, empty car park, right? You have a car behind you with some sounds playing. There's ten people there. You're about to dance, and you're battling the ten people. They're all against you, trying to do like you know, whoop your butt and get the best out of you and make sure that you push and you know really give it your all that's what a cage is and so i mean it's just you're you're not like there's not like a winner there right it's not like you know you come out with the belt and like all right i'm the fucking crump champ no but it's more just like this experiential community that that is built there so much of what i've learned over the last year as well is that people are really longing for this community feel this relational feel Mm -hmm. that we you know, due to the last year and the pandemic, yeah. people lost a lot of those connections with other people. So whenever we can find opportunities for community, I, I'm all for that. So that's what yeah. I see that, you know, initially I thought it was like the cage slam shut. You know, <laughs> there's this dude standing across from you that like he has a bandana on backwards and, you know, but yeah. it, it makes sense what you're saying. It's more of this people that are pushing you to be the best you that you can be through mm-hmm. the physical movement. Yeah, totally, bro. And I think the this is where I feel people don't really go is like 
in crump anyway and i'm just speaking in the street dance scene like they're so focused on the movement right and being good in dance and pushing in the dance but then when it comes to like life shit they don't know how to deal with that you know they don't actually know how to develop themselves and navigate through what's going on internally because we've all as dancers we use dance to escape from our shit um so that's when there needs to be the connection of to me dance is very is actually very feminine based because it's creative it's flow it's like connection but i also believe that when you have a style when you have form it's also it's got power like you know power strength the masculine aspect of movement in there and that's why i'm so drawn to crump because it's got both right and it's like extremely vulnerable like it's really the only dance that you can look anyway you can cry and it be welcomed you know so it's it's been huge for me it's been huge it definitely has a very powerful look to it it's mm-hmm. those of you who haven't seen it it's not it's not like you know ballet movements it's very like strong powerful moves like very like aggressive like movements that are associated with it so i I totally understand what you're saying Mm. when you when you think about how you use this in your kind of um you said mindset and movement coach well how do you take what you're doing with dance and how do you help people as far as you know as a mindset or, and movement coach? What does that look like? If we were going to be working together, how how mm-hmm. might you use those ideas and, and tie it into me or helping me kind of if I needed a coach in that capacity? Yeah, for sure. Dope question. And thank you for asking it. So mindset aspect is the reflections, right? The life stuff where and why you think the way that you think, why you believe the stories that you believe. We delve into that with the tools and all the things. And, you know, if there hits a, if there's a block or if there's, you know, a traumatic experience that you have to relive, I get you to move. Not through, not in a style, none of that stuff. Like crump comes after the movement piece. Um, Reason being is because we all need to move. We are movers by nature. And, you know, being on the computer all the time, being inside gaming and, you know, um, just being on the phone all the time or whatever the case is, we lose that. Um, That's why people need to exercise. Dance is exercise, creativity, and all the things. So um, that's how I use it in a coaching sense and it's really getting you in tune with your body that's the main thing that i guide men through is like what does it feel like and it allow i i guide them through even like embodiment practices of who they want to be like you know get into a meditative trance sort of state put on some music and then have them act out slash embody or be in the energy of what they want to be. So as an example, you want to like, what's something that you want to be? Who do you want to be in like a year from now? Me, I want to be up on stage talking to thousands of people in a motivational capacity. Okay, dope. So one of the things that I would do if we were working on that specifically is get you to close your eyes, feel into that energy, be that energy. And then I'll put on some music and you act out what you would do in that space. Right. And this is where my facilitation is extremely unique because I really get you to storytell. I know how to storytell through movement. So are you holding a mic? Is the mic here? Do you have to put on the mic? 
You know what I mean? Boom, like show the mic here and then start speaking. And like, can you just stand there in a, like a Superman pose and just like really be in that energy and everyone's just like, yeah, Dennis, go. Can you feel that? Can you move through that and just be like, oh, like that's me, you know? And like really embody that energy so that it amplifies and the universe goes, it's just signaling to the universe. Like, yo, this guy is serious right now. And then it's about getting out of that practice and then taking the action, which is something that the action piece is something that um, we both would work on and co-create on. And I would just hold you, hold you accountable to it. And if you ever, you know, run into resistance or whatever it is, then we look at why, and then we can move through that if it's necessary. Right. Um, so yeah, bro, that's brief. Yeah, no, that makes perfect yeah. sense to me. The Superman pose resonates with me. I that's I do that before I start a podcast all the time. I just I kind of take a couple mm -hmm. deep breaths, like I do for two minutes, and yep. it just gets me in the headspace. Like there's nothing that I can't accomplish now. And for me, one of the biggest hurdles that I overcame after starting the podcast initially, I did it where it was um, a little more um, tampered in nature. Where I would, mm. I did it like I was a principal. I would talk like, "Okay, well, I'm going to talk today about resiliency." Here's a quote by you know John Wooden about resiliency, and then I would say the quote. I would you know give yeah. four bullet points about what you can do. Say another quote, and then wrap it up in 12 minutes. And yeah. my younger brother was like, dude, you got some good stories to tell, you know, you, and you have a way of connecting with people. You got to stop mm -hmm. being so fucking tight ass, dude. You got to like <laughs> loosen up. Like you can't fit a dime between your cheeks, man. Like calm down yeah. <laughs> and just open up and be yourself. And to me, that was yeah. one of the things I was able to do. And while it doesn't mm -hmm. come comfortably to me, it's something that I work on. I think back to the dance part of it. So you'll get a kick out of this. When I was, when I was a principal, I would do these challenges for the kids, right? Yeah. It was usually around, you know, if we brought in um, a certain number of canned food goods, you know, like it would be to, to donate to a shelter or something like that. Um, yeah. Then it would be like I would do some kind of a challenge. I would, um, you know, they would get to pick whatever it was. So there were times I would dye my hair a color. I mean, I grew a mustache like a like a cheesy ass porn star mustache. I mean, I can grow <laughs> Abe Lincoln beard. My mustache isn't that good. So I yeah. grew a mustache. Um, but a couple of things I had to do was either sing or dance. So yeah. the song I had to sing was I, I sang Taylor Swift, We Are Never Getting Back Together in front of oh like 500 God. people. And I've done a couple dances. One of them, if you've ever seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. So I did the dance at the end of that movie. I did that in front of all the kids in the school. Um, and then um, I did um, the, the thriller dance. Yeah. I did the thriller yeah. dance in front of the kids too. And I was the Napoleon Dynamite dance. I would practice. I would go in my basement. I would have to drink like two beers just to practice, just to like get into a space where I was like comfortable moving around. But I'll tell you what, it was right. one of those moments where kids that were in the school at the time, they're like, Mr. Ronaldo, do you remember when you did that dance on stage in front of everyone? And they didn't know that I was doing it either. I just came out there and did it. And I was yeah. like, that was the, like the most scared I've ever been, but they're like, you killed yeah. it, man. You freaking, you freaking yeah. but that's what and I that's think. The, like getting in that yeah. space, you're just like, all right, deep breath. I got this shit and then go and do it. Yep. A hundred percent, bro. And like, even as, as a professional dancer, you know, traveling around the world, battling and exchanging with all these crazy dancers, like the creators of Crump and like the best in the world and stuff it's still un somewhat, I think now I'll be totally fine because I've done it already. But like, whenever we're in a new experience, it is inevitable that we're going to feel some sort of anxiety, you know, and it's just about moving, like acknowledging the anxiety and saying thank you and shifting or reframing the anxiety to be excitement instead. And just go in with that type of energy and just be like yeah fuck like stuff this i'm just going to go in and do the thing and just have fun um that's something that i've been really focused on in my dancing and just in life in general is having more play in in my space in my being and um you know how can i say this like yeah, even with my clients, bro, I get them to do weird, silly things. 
because I think it's super necessary. This past year, I've spent a, I spent a lot of time driving with my kids um, back and forth um, between, you know, Delaware River and the Jersey Shore. It was we, we did a lot of traveling, especially during the winter time. And we're, we'd be in the car together. And what we would do is we would each one of us would take, you know, like 10, 15 minutes and whatever we wanted to listen to, we would put on. But there were yeah. no barriers and we just sang or did whatever in the car. Like and my, my kids are 16, 13 and 10. But we got yeah. goofy <laughs> as hell in the car. But it was just yeah. this moment where we were able to just let down any barriers that existed. And I think about when I'm the most me, it's like when I'm driving on a road with the windows down and I am just rocking out to some shit. I'm either like I, yeah. I grew up on like, you know, one, I grew up on classic rock from my from my dad and my mom. Um, yeah. so that stuck with me. I grew up in the nineties was, you know, my formative years of music. So I listened to a lot of like alternative music in the nineties, but also like a lot of like nineties rap, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I yeah. listened to Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. And like, mm -hmm. I was even thinking as you were talking about music, I'm like, man, I could like bust out vanilla ice and like, you know, <laughs> underground Humpty dance. Yeah. Right? Oh. It's like, I could, I could grab the mic and just start like either yeah. one of those songs. Um, but yeah. one of the <laughs> you just connect to, that spot in your life and music. So was yeah. there, you mentioned a lot of the music that you, um, hip hop was one of those things that really got mm -hmm. you in. Is there a, a song or two that you're like, man, this was something that really, like I could think back to this spot in my life when I listened to this song and it really helped get me through some shit or help inspire me. Mm. Oof. Man, there's actually so many, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, one that pops up to me straight away is... Eric Badu, Orange Moon. That got me through a lot. And then... Shoot. It would probably be something by Pharaoh Munch, I reckon. Just not too sure exactly what track, but yeah. But it's one of those things where if you heard that song you could almost mm -hmm. like revisit that spot in your oh, life. i remember when i was when i heard this and and there are some things that, that'll bring you back into like a really negative emotion or sad space and you could kind of process through why do i feel that way but there's yeah. also things that you know get you into a spot like man i i was the best me during this i i have like my mix that i listen to when i'm training like i'm like i need to have mm -hmm. these songs on and they and just yeah. the, the, the songs that I have on there are so random. They're just like, it's like ACDC. And then there's, um, what the hell? I have like, like Tribe Called Quest. And it's just like yeah. all, it's all over the place. But I, yeah. I love it, you know? It works. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, bro. So when I think about your journey, you mentioned, you know, when you were like 13, 14 years old, you know, how you, the, the shit that you were going through and it was like mm -hmm. this transformative spot in your life. So if you were to, if you were like at this point where you are right now, if you were able to have a conversation with yourself at that age, you know, you're, you know, early high school age and you could give yourself a piece of advice. Uh, what would you tell yourself? Like, what would you say to yourself at, you know, 15, 16 years old? Oh man, that is a big question, brother. I would say, I'm going to give you a sentence. Okay. Um, hmm, let me, let me, let me tap in right now. First thing that I would say would be to follow, follow your heart and do what, feels right to you right and is right by you as well um don't worry about other people's opinions that's a huge one um working through yeah i think that's that's what i would say and love yourself that love yourself show compassion to yourself is what i would say um yeah that is what i would say that's awesome, man. And I, and that kind of got me a little bit choked up as you were saying that because not only would I tell my 16-year-old self that, mm. as a 44-year-old, I would tell my 43-year-old self that same fucking thing. As I <laughs> yeah, over the last year, I realized like I, I'm so worried about what other people think of me and um, yeah. how I don't perceive other people that I wasn't true to myself. I wasn't loving myself in any way. And so that really yeah. hit home with me um oh, what, a, what an impressive thing to say to yourself i mean that's 
and it's one i have a 16 year old son i'm gonna tell him the same thing today you know i'm gonna tell him the same yeah. thing you just said yeah bro it's like being able to see that like i'm i'm 28 now going on 29 and you know the past man three months have just been unbelievable in how much I've like uncovered and how much my partners reflected back to me and my coaches have reflected back to me the amount of like programming conditioning that has happened subconsciously you know and the stories that I've chosen to live by that have just played out for freaking 27 years you know and those are the like what I expressed, what I would say to my 15-year-old self is the main things that I would that I'm working on even now. Like how can one actually show compassion and show love so that to oneself so that they don't necessarily need it from anyone else. And if it is from anyone else, it's extra. And that creates trust in oneself as well. And I think that's just like the biggest lessons that I've learned in the last three months, bro, to show compassion to yourself and like deep gratitude, appreciation, acceptance, and love of oneself is like, if you've got that, you're pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, bro. You mentioned the word gratitude, and it's something that I've, I'm trying to practice on a regular basis. I mean, you hear all these things about, you know, having a gratitude journal and this. And I think a lot of it is just like, you know, like a checkoff list for people. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I think what I, what I'm trying to do is like really feel into that space where really appreciating just everything. Every morning that I wake up, I'm like, let me just be grateful that I. I'm able to open my eyes and just see the world today. Like I, I'm yeah. really grateful for this. And you realize yeah. the things that we take for granted and the things that we complain about too. And mm -hmm. when you kind of take a step back and really, really think about that shit, then you could truly get into a space of gratitude in your life. Not just like, okay, you know, here's my to-do list. So let me, I'm grateful for, you know, my family, <laughs> blah, 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 and you just check it off the list, like fully experiencing that emotion of gratitude is something that I'm trying to practice this year. And I think we all need to do that as well. So really resonate yeah, when you said that. 100%, bro. I do it in the morning and before I go to bed. I make sure, like, once I lie down, I'm just, like, breathing. And I tap into the frequency of gratitude, you know? And just being able to, like, shift the the cogs you know like grease them up a little bit of grat gratitude and appreciation because what you appreciate appreciates and like going back to what you said about like the ticking the boxes you know i had the gratitude list thing too but even when i was writing it at the time i was just doing it because i thought it was the right thing to do but I wasn't even close to tapping into how deep I am in my gratitude practice now and tapping into the, just the frequency of doing it. Like I can easily tap into being in that space and embody that even just speaking to you right now, you know? So I don't need a gratitude journal anymore. Right. And it's just, yeah, man like what you said, just being able to really sit back and feel what gratitude actually is to you. And, you know, my coaches like Preston Smiles, Zion Kim, they have always said, like Preston says this a lot, is like play the, we're playing the inside out game, not the outside in game. So if you can feel like, all the gurus say this and, you know, people are always like, yeah, you know, you have to feel the thing and then it, it'll manifest or whatever the case is, but people don't even know how to do that, you know? And it's just like, 
like you said, is just trying to tick the box instead of actually being in it. Um, and I feel like that's the problem with a lot of new age spiritual people. Um, I was definitely one of those people too, you know? Um, and I don't want to like coin any terms or whatever the case is, but there's no, how can I say like, my definition of being a spiritual person or being is completely, has completely changed now, you know? Um, but yeah, man, that's what it's about. Like really tapping into the energy of what it is that you want to be, feel all of that stuff. It's a game changer. You mentioned the word inward and I mm. just picked up the book, uh, the divine Com comedy and um it's not like dante's inferno that journey uh, i started yeah. talking about it again it's a book that i read in college and it's you know one of those like really impressive books that were that was written hundreds of years ago but the the premise is that you know dante's going on a journey in like to find heaven basically to find this you know enlightened spot in the world and his guy yeah. virgil is like we need to go through hell first there are all these you know mm -hmm. circles or stages of hell that we're going to need to go through first and the, the idea is like he needs to look inward and go through and challenge all the shit that he built up as a facade or a mask over the years. And he had to get through yeah. his point. And once he got to the to the center of the world, which is where the devil is, basically, he yeah. passed it. And now he was on his way out. But to, to be able yeah. to get to that enlightened spot, he had to go inward and go through hell first. That's something that I've learned over the past year, too, is if you're truly going to heal and going to you know move forward and kind of rebuilds if if you know building men i like i just love that kind of um yeah you know the dope. vision of kind of rebuilding something you have to be dope. able to break it down and really take that deep difficult painful look inside and like really come to terms mm -hmm. with it um and then be able to be like okay i'm going to give myself i'm going to forgive myself now like all the mistakes that yep. i've made in my past and you know to, to kind of help get through it and and then to be able to inspire others who are maybe going on a same the same difficult journey inward as well yeah. Yep. A hundred percent, man. Totally feel you on that. And I think this is, it's so important to have these conversations and, you know, be in, be in the spaces where we are the facilitators of doing those things, because a lot of people don't know how to do it, especially at a young age. They're just going through life like, and, you know, if they don't necessarily have like aware parents, right? They don't know any better. Like for me, my parents didn't really know how to communicate that well, weren't emotionally intelligent and they were, yeah, let's just leave it at that. That's already so much, <laughs> right? So much to deal with as an adult to realize and sift through and dig through and get the gold and then get the shit, but get hurt in the process and, you know, break a couple bones or whatever you need and then heal it again and then move forward. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is to do with parenting, right? Let alone our environment, but parenting is like a whole nother thing, bro. Yeah, it's it's been, and you're a parent yourself, so it's like yeah, I'm a parent of three kids, and it's an interesting thing. And it's they they listen to what you say, but they watch what you do, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's why I decided, like, hey, listen, like any mistakes I made in my past, I need to make sure that I'm doing what's right. I'm acting in a way that my kids can look at what I'm doing and say, even like I might not want to be exactly that way, but I understand why he's doing that, and I understand why he's moving in this direction. And yeah. communication with your parents, communication is such yeah. an interesting thing to me. It's one thing that I, that I speak with teachers around all the time. And I think it's the thing that causes most of the issues in the world is, you know, yeah. not understanding what communication is. Communication yeah. is not really the words that we're saying. Like when you take yeah. out the text of those words, that's a really, yeah. really small percentage of the communication. It's how we say what we say and what yeah. we do when we say what we say. 
So it's the yeah. power of verbal communication. It's the tone of our voice, the volume of our voice, and the cadence at which we say those words. And then it's our body language. It's our facial expressions, our posture. It's our movement. That's going to communicate most of what we're saying. So we need to be really cognizant about how we're communicating something to other people and then what we're looking like when we're doing it. You, I could say something to you and I'm a big dude. I'm, you know, 6'4", 220. If I'm saying it in a way that's like looking down over someone, it's communicating this aggressive posture and stance. The words right. that I'm saying are not what I'm saying. It's I'm saying that I'm in this powerful pose over you right now. So yeah. I tell teachers all the time, you really have to be cognizant of that nonverbal and the paraverbal communication when you're speaking to people. Mm -hmm. So, and when you think about your parents, it's, I think that they, people do the best that they can with what they know. So, you know, I even think about my own parents and they thought, taught me so many things about communication over the years. And I just, I look back and say, I'm going to take these little lessons that they've given me about communication. And I'm going to like really hone in on, you know, what lesson I could learn from that and how I can learn more and then help my own children moving forward. Yeah. A hundred percent, bro. I'm, I don't have any kids, but when I do, like, I know that there's going to be so much like of that, you know? And I think every kid in some way, shape or form doesn't want to carry on or have certain traits of their, of their parents still linger, you know? And it's important to even know how to move and navigate through just that idea of carrying something from a generation or generations before you. Um, I'm reading this book, bro. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's called healing the shame that binds you. If you haven't read it yet. Um, yeah. Check it out, man. It's such a powerful read and it's basically around having healthy shame. We as humans need to have healthy shame. That's what makes us human. You know, that's like the humble pie basically. And yeah, the author just goes through so many different aspects of your upbringing and how that creates shame. So something as simple as, you know, a lot of parents, um, like for me personally, in personal experience, my parents always used to say, you better eat. You have to eat your breakfast. You have to eat your lunch. You have to eat your dinner. And it's just like, even if I'm not hungry, right? Even if the kid isn't hungry and that creates shame as well, because you're putting them in a state of, they don't necessarily have control. And if you, if they don't eat, you're going to punish them with, you know, you're not allowed to have ice cream or you're not allowed to play with the toys. Like you need to eat that already in itself creates shame. And then it becomes normalized like that. That's technically trauma, right? it ends up being normalized. And then you think that everything's okay, yet you go through life when you get older with these habits you don't even understand. And then you have to go back to it and be like, what the hell? Like I was actually, you know, abused in a way that made me create these habits. And I didn't even know. Like one of my coaches, like, I was sharing with them a little bit about my upbringing and, you know, in the Asian household, you have like wooden spoons and I've had chili put in my mouth for being rude and all this type of thing. And like, my coaches were just like, yo, that is, that is trauma on top of trauma, abuse on top of abuse. And it's like, yeah, well, that's the Asian thing. You know, it's normalized, like the trauma is normalized, but we also need to normalize speaking about trauma as well, because it is normal to go through. And I think, you know, that's what I think why what we do, what you do with building men is such a powerful thing because we're speaking about this stuff, making it normal to be like, yeah, this is the shit that I went through. And now like being able to understand it and be there for young kids. Like I've mentored young kids. I still do mentor young kids and I love it. And I'm there for them in a way where I just give them more provoking things to think about, you know, and just sort of reframing things and um, putting things in a different 
light, right? Um, because we all carry baggage, but there's baggage that we hold that we can unload so that the load is lighter. You know, like life is never going to be easy, but it can be lighter. You know, you can, you can do things with more ease rather than always be pulling or struggling for something. And that's why, man, especially in men's work, it's so necessary. And I'll take it all the way back to our initial conversation about the crump dancing. Yeah. As and I'm trying to formulate kind of everything that I'm I'm thinking based on what you just said, to try to normalize young men and men feeling a certain way and feeling that level of vulnerability where they can talk about issues that are really challenging. And maybe we're we're kind of experiencing the thing the same thing, but society is kind of putting this this tamp down or this, this blanket over us saying like, eh, we don't really talk about that shit. We don't talk about, you know, growing up watching porn. We don't talk about, you know, like feeling this inferiority complex. We don't talk like all these mm-hmm. things that are going through this looking glass self idea um, that you're right. not worthy. You're not. And a lot of you know, young men and men are feeling these things, but there's not a, a space that's safe for them to feel like they can talk about these things. And mm-hmm. so to pull it back to Crump, I think what you, you're you doing is you're allowing people to be able to experience something that maybe feels uncomfortable for them. Like I think about, all right, say if I were to you know join your, your class or get in the cage and it would feel uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> for me initially, but it's one of those yeah. things where like, you have to kind of take that step and be like, I need to be able to let my guard down and do this physical movement. But in the same way, let my guard down and be able to talk about those things that are really struggling uh, that I'm struggling with or that are really, I'm having cognitive dissonance about that. It's kind of racking right. my brain and I don't understand how to do it. So creating that safe yeah. space for people to talk and then also to move is really yeah. the the beauty in regards to what you're doing that I'm just in awe of right now. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And I receive that fully. Um, it's totally true. <laughs> Everything that you said is just like so on point. Um we need to speak and we need to move the energy somehow. So whoever's listening to this, regardless of your, whatever your outlet is, make it also creative, make it also expressive. Like to me, I was just speaking to my partner about this too. Like, yes, gym yes fitness yes all of that stuff but it's like are you even like do you actually like you can even ask answer this question is like when you do train would you say that you're expressing yourself there are times that, that i feel like i am that not all mm-hmm. the time sometimes I'm just uh, sometimes i'm just checking off a box like i have to get it done i have a couple mm-hmm. like goals that i set for myself that I want to be able to accomplish. So I'm just like training to check off those goals. There are times that I feel like I'll, like I started sprinting. Um, It's been such a huge thing for me. And when I do that, I just like, it's like, I feel like this like emotion of, I'm just me just like getting after and doing something that I really want to do. And the fact that I'm 44 and I can still, I don't know, I feel like I could, you know, run faster than some people that are 15 years younger than me right now. Um, If I had to like, chase down a robber. I feel like I could, <laughs> I could hang, I could probably catch up to most people right now. So that's where I feel like I am fully like expressing myself in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That's so awesome, man. Um, yeah. And going back to what you were saying about like connecting the two mindset and movement thing is like, for me growing up and even even like now I'm getting better at vocalizing and, you know, structuring the sentences because I'm aware enough of what I've gone through that I can do that. But, you know, for younger, younger men and even older, for example, that may not even know how to express vocally what they want to say, that's where, the movement, the creativity comes into play because you don't need to say anything, right? I can teach you how to say things without saying anything. Like dance is a language as well. And I think a lot of people skip that. Um, To me, dancers speak 
and not they don't just tap into an energy if that makes sense they speak they share something they tell you something they story tell whatever the case is and like going back to what a mover and a dancer is is like you need to express and tell me something so i can feel you i can understand you and you're letting something out um and then it's so much easier to talk about after like for example in in crump you know we have um we have beef battles so if we have a tiff with someone it's like yo let's battle bro i'm gonna i'm gonna get off on you so bad like that's the term that we use and you know like the reason why it's called that is because we're literally getting off the baggage and all the things um and after that that's when we talk you know we move we say what we want to say on the dance floor get all the beefiness out all the all the rowdiness all the potential anger or frustration or whatever and sometimes it can get physical not like punch each other physical but just like grabbing and you know holding on to shirts and all that type of thing but man that's just how it is and it's accepted in crump it's like such a beautiful thing like you see i have you you must see like sacred sons do their do their work and stuff yeah, yeah. um so very similar thing you know where they hold hold the man in the middle and the man's just like trying to go through their you know through their thing and you know rage and all that stuff and just letting it out it's the same concept just in a creative outlet that's what we do it's not just about the motion it's about creativity we're doing it in an artistic way um so yeah bro it's it's a big thing and i'm really wrapping my head and my being around how i can formulate that in a super understandable simple way so that everyone is like i'm ready for that right yeah. now you know so i'll tell yeah, you the, where I'm at. the beef battles i think i'm going to start implementing yeah. that with my own kids when they get into an argument about whatever <laughs> like, listen we're gonna have a beef battle right now so like get your get ready to move we're about to dance this shit off right now. Get get on the dance floor. Yo, get in the cage. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Do it, bro. Yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to actually see that, bro. <laughs> My kids think I'm fucking crazy anyway. So this is something that the, it's, they're, they're gonna be like, all right, Dad, what's the next thing we're doing here? So you mentioned before, Ian. Like the last question I'm gonna ask you. I could talk to you for five yeah. days. I mean, we and we just yeah, met yeah, each other yeah. like over an hour ago. We just met each other. I feel like I've known you already for years. So. Yeah. I, I would definitely love to have you back on in a couple months or whatever. And I, I like, I, I, I'm going to put it out there in the universe. There's going to be a time where you and I are in the same space in a cage and you're going to be mm-hmm. doing some crump shit together. I'm going to put it out there right now. Oh yeah. Bro. Let's at some point. Um, Hell yeah. the last question I'll, I'll, I'll ask you is you talked before about, you couldn't give yourself, you can go back 12 years and talk to yourself or whatever, 13 mm-hmm. years, talk to yourself as a, as a 16 year old, what advice would you give? And your, your advice was like, don't give a shit what people think, like be authentic to yourself, love yourself, that idea. So now fast mm-hmm. forward 13 years, 12 years. So now you're like 40, 41 years old. Yeah. Now you're at that, that point, looking back at, at Ian DeMello at 20, 29. Yeah. What was your journey like in those 12 years? Where are you? You mentioned, you said, where, where do I see myself? I'm going to be up on stage. Tony Robbins is going to introduce me. I got the TR hat on right now. Why not? Yeah. That I like want to be able to do. So if you're, you're at that point, 12 years from now, tell yourself, what did you do over the last 12 years of your life? And where are you now? Oh man, 12 years. Shit. I'm going to say bye at maximum the five-year mark i'm going to be working with top tier athletes and increasing their movement and their bodily internal connections so that they can perform even better um so there's that i'll be emceeing on stages like i want to be in spaces like tony robbins and instead of putting on music that they don't know the artist to 
I want to be the person facilitating the energy and the, you know, the hype and stuff, bring that hip hop element um, and running my own shows, facilitating my own workshops and, you know, immersions like the cages and all that type of thing. Um, what else would I be doing? Will you be? Will you be? Yeah, I will be 100%. Um, I would just be shizzle. The fact that you say shizzle and dope, it's one of my favorite things about you. It just it brings me back to 1998. I'm just like. <laughs> For shizzle. Yeah, man, I would, I, I'm, I'm just going to be up there, bro. I'm going to be creating, or oh, I am right now, creating a whole new avenue for men and women to express themselves in a safe container um, to make this world a better place, bro. That's what I'm going to be doing. And I'm going to be living my best life with all the things that I desire and be around brothers like yourself doing exactly the same thing. And we're all killing shit. <laughs> what is that 2026? Well, let's let's look at it right now. We'll we'll get our calendar straight so you and I could be up on a stage somewhere together with that large group of people. Sound good? Yes. That sounds amazing. I am down. It's out there. It's out there. The universe knows. Well, Ian Demel, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you for the last hour plus. Um, I feel like I, I've, like I said, I've known you for years. You're just an yes. amazing human being. I am, um, I'm truly inspired by your story. I am so happy that I'm able to share your story with the people that are following along with building men. Um, so tell us where we can find you and how we can get in touch with you. Yeah. Dope. So Instagram is the main, main biz right now. So Ian DeMello with a double L at the end, um, and an underscore. That's where you can find me on Instagram. Um, TikTok, same thing. YouTube, I have, if you are down for some, I call it meta, metaphysical hip hop. Um, find me at multidimensional MC on YouTube or SoundCloud. And yeah, just be ready for some high vibrational hip hop bars uplifting get you in the groove dancing all that jazz yeah man that's where you can find me um don't be afraid to reach out ask me anything i'm here to serve you guys and girls so so much love thank you for having me bro this was dope and i want to do the same thing for you because i want to know more about you too so absolutely yeah man so um, what I'll do is as I post it, I'll put all that information in the show notes. I'll post all of this information on Instagram as well for uh, people to reach out and connect with Ian and Catalyst Creator. Um, yes. So to get in touch with Building Men, it's building.men on Instagram, buildingmencoach at gmail.com and Facebook, it's Building Men Podcast. Um, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Ian, mm -hmm. such a pleasure, man. I'm truly blessed to know you now. Um, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time on Building Men. Peace.